Good afternoon and Merry Christmas. Who would have thought that this uh, temperature would be like this? You know, it's cold. And so if, if you're visiting from Ohio or someplace like that, yeah, and you came down and you were thinking, hey, we need to move to Charleston. This is the way it always is. You, this is it's, it's terrible here in the winter. Absolutely terrible. But it's great to see you all. Hope you're having a great Christmas holiday. We have been talking about Christmas for the last couple of weeks, and we've been talking about how Christmas introduces something better. We're kind of in a season where we all want something new, at least like maybe the next six to 18 hours, you're looking for something new, something better possibly in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but you see on the commercials, you see all the different things you get for Christmas. I have to admit, there's one commercial I really can't stand, and nothing against it. I mean, if, you, if, this is, if you're getting this, this is awesome. I'm just going to have to not like you for a little bit. But if, you, if you're getting the Lexus surprise with the car in the driveway with the big bow on it, I mean, it's like, oh, come on. I mean, that, that's something. But I love the best commercial. The best commercial out there is the guy that gives his girlfriend the puppy dog in the snow. And then she turns around and he gives him a brand new GMC pickup truck. That, that lady's got it going on. She really has it going on. But we all look for something new in life. And we, we all look for something that is better for our lives, whether it's a job, a house, moving to Charleston, uh, whether it's being in a relationship with a person. We're constantly looking for something better for our lives. And the problem is, is not everything that we invest in delivers that. Sometimes the job doesn't do it. So what we've been doing is learning about what is it about God? What is it about Christmas that provides us with something better? And as a church, we've been learning about the something better of God, and we've been learning about it. We've learned that the something better of Christ changes your expectation out of life. It, uh, it changes how you interact with other people. It changes how you think about yourself. It changes how you think about God. It changes how you find purpose in the universe, that it is something that substantially affects your life. So the Christmas story tells us about this something better that God has to offer each and every one of us. And like Mary and Joseph, just like the the Magi and just like the shepherds, we have to decide whether or not we're going to take that something better that God is offering us. So when I was thinking about you know, what I, what I have personally learned over the last couple of weeks, there was this one idea that was given to us by the Magi, the wise men, that really kind of got me. You know, it's, you can listen to a thousand sermons, but there may be one that just kind of grabs you, one idea, one thought that really jumps out at you. And, and you're familiar with the story, and let me read it to you, but it, it's an idea that the Magi present that really seems to say something new and something better is happening in this Christmas story. Let me read it to you. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, 
in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And among you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went their way and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and it stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their country by another way. See, you only can let go of things that you value like gold, frankincense, and myrrh if you find something better. And I think that's where most of us are in life. It's, we've got to determine whether or not God is offering something better. We hear God talk, but is he something better? Is he offering us something that's better than what I have in my own life? But I love the way that the Magi presented this. They, as they were talking to the people, as they were talking to the king, they were kind of unfolding, or let me just say, they, they were inflating this idea of who Jesus was, this something better. I don't know if you're really into Christmas, but I, I really am into the whole Christmas decorations. And I know you're gonna think, well, this guy's really weird. He carries his own snowman around with him wherever he goes. Don't worry, I don't inflate it everywhere, but. But my backyard is an absolute wonderland of inflation. I mean, it's just got all these different inflatables that are out there. But the thing is, is that I loved about the Magi is they, they come to an unsuspecting people, an unprepared people. They weren't even looking for the Messiah, though they were people that should be aware of this. But all of a sudden, an idea is inflated right in front of them. They begin, the Magi begin to communicate to them that a king was being born, that the Messiah was being born, that a ruler was coming, and that he was going to shepherd his people. And I love the particular phrase that they use. They said, a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. If you could just stop for a moment, no matter what you think about God, and just think about this one idea. See, because a lot of us sitting here today, maybe you just come to church because you were coerced by your mother or your mother-in-law to come today, and it's the only way you're gonna get your PlayStation 5 is if you, if you came to church today. I get it, I understand that. But let the possibility that what you know about God is insufficient. So many of us, we break God down into a couple things. We'll hear about one issue or something that becomes political or, or some particular ethic of Christianity. Or maybe you've sat in and you heard a preacher go off about hell or talk about a, a, an abundance on the issue of sin and the judgment of God. And you walked out the door and said, listen, I don't want a piece of that. I don't want anything to do with that kind of thing. Well, this is what exactly when the, when the Magi come, they come to a group of people who think they know about God, but an idea is presented to them that begins to inflate it inflates and crescendos at this idea of a ruler 
who will shepherd my people Israel. I mean, how often have you heard ruler and shepherding put in the same context? How often have we ever experienced somebody that would use their power to control as a source, as a power to shepherd and to bring about life? So no matter what your experiences have been in the past, what you may have experienced in your family or at the hands of a church or in a sermon or in a concept that was presented to you, we have to let the whole idea of God inflate in us. Otherwise, if you don't let it all inflate, you end up with some little, little thing like this, and, and we say, well, I don't want anything to do with God. But if you let the whole idea that is being communicated, you find out that something better is being given to us. The prophet Isaiah put it this way when he talked about the unfolding of something better for you from God. He said it in Isaiah 9, for a child will be born to us. So we're starting here. A son has been given to us and a government will rest upon his shoulder. You see the inflation of an idea happening. Then it goes from his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and then it crescendos. It is at full stature with this idea of Prince of Peace. So let me just say, if you have had any concept of God and it's kind of been blown into you, this idea of God that has not ended with the concept that he is a giver of peace, that he is a mighty, mighty God, a wonderful counselor, then you have not received the inflation of the full gospel of Jesus. You have not received the full story, the full idea of what the gospel was trying to communicate to us. And so today, God wants the idea to reach its fullness in your life. That is what is happening in the story. I mean, just in one of those titles of Jesus, this concept of God being an eternal father. Just imagine that. The concept of belonging, origin, and empowerment coming from an eternal father. You may have pushed back on certain stands that you've heard in the political realm or maybe even from a church. You may have had problems like how can a loving God allow a place like hell to even exist or maybe allow earthquakes to happen on planet Earth or snowstorms where there's traffic loss and people die and all that. And if that was the only idea you ever got of God, I would agree you are wasting your time sitting here today. The Magi, if that was the only part of the message of God that they knew, they would have never had left the East to go and to search for the birth of the child. But they knew the full inflation of the story, that it's not just about these things, but there's this full robust concept of that the governing of God comes to us through Jesus, that the counsel of God that the belonging and the origin of our souls comes to us from God. And that at the crescendo of it all, God is saying, I don't want to hurt you. I want to bring you peace. I want to bring peace to your mind, to your soul. I want to bring peace into your relationships. I want you to know there's peace between me and between you. And when we allow this whole idea to inflate, it's, it is the something better. 
I mean, new Lexuses when you walk out in the morning are really cool. And a GMC pickup truck or a small baby puppy, they're awesome. A new job and maybe a new relationship may thrill you for a couple days or even a couple years. But something that lasts eternally, that is given to us by God, is the true something better that is being offered. And what we need to do is allow it to inflate in us. The Apostle John spoke and said it this way. He said, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. What is enlightenment? Enlightenment is a form of inflation. It is an intellectual and spiritual and soulish inflation. He said that there is a light, which is Christ our Savior, comes into the world to begin this inflationary process. For the snowman that we are to begin to inflate, to come to full life. He said, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But to as many as received him, he gave them the right. What is a right? It is the same, it is a judiciary term, same for that of light. It is the idea of expansion. It's the idea of inflation. It is becoming fully alive. And he said, to as many as receive him, he gave the inflationary power to become the children of God. A man, a woman, fully alive with the breath of God. So today, I know you came, and this was just supposed to be a Christmas baby Jesus sermon, but today God wants to challenge you about how much of you allowed this to inflate in you. Maybe you're a, a good, faithful Bible belter. You've been going to church all your life. But that doesn't mean you've allowed it to inflate every part of your life. It doesn't mean you've allowed it to inflate you as a dad, as a mom, as a single person, as a husband, as a wife. It doesn't mean you've allowed it to reach to every part where you begin to stand a full man or woman of God. If you can find something that offers you that elsewhere, go elsewhere and get it. But this is the something better that heaven gave on that day, in that manger, in that baby, was the promise of something better in life. We're about to go into a moment where you receive communion. And I know that we do it as routine as Christians. So we do it every Sunday, once a month, whatever it may be. And you come up and you receive. What is really going on here? What we're offering you, what heaven is offering you in communion is the power of inflation. It is the power to inflate the life of Christ in you. As you eat and drink in faith, honoring the sacrifice of God in Christ. What you are saying to God, what you're saying to heaven is God, I wanna be fully alive. I need your spirit of resurrection in my life. I need something better. And Christ today, represented in communion, is offering you something 
better. So let me invite you, go beyond what you thought Christianity was. Go beyond your objections. And I have objections. There are some things I don't like about the faith that I love and don't fully understand. But even the things I don't understand, I will not allow to keep me from becoming fully alive in Christ. So let me encourage you to maybe take that step. And maybe you're here and you have been Christian all your life, but your words have never been inflated. Your thought life has never been inflated. The way that you talk to your wife has never been inflated. The way that you honor your husband has never been inflated. The way that you parent, the way you do your work, the way that you're a boss at work, the way that you live your life has never been fully inflated. Today, God is offering you something so much better. So let me encourage you, as we offer communion, you don't have to have it all figured out. We're not asking you to fill out a document or anything like that. We're just asking you to consider that the Prince of Peace wants to give you something better and has paid an incredible price for you to have it on the cross and proved he can give it to you through his resurrection. Let me invite you to this moment with God. Father, we thank you because new life does not come to us because of batteries or because of performance or because of what we drive or what we do for a living or how often we've gone to church. But it comes to us through the promise of new life through Jesus Christ. It comes to us through that one that came to earth that we may have life. It comes to us through that one who gave up his life that we may have new life in the power of his resurrection. So God, some of us here are deflated. Some of us, we have no hope in us, but all we have had is the anxiety of the world that has sucked life right out of us. Some of us are bent to over and distorted with the mistakes that we've made, but today that you wanna breathe mercy and forgiveness and compassion into us. So today, we don't understand it all, but like the Magi, we come looking for the Christ child. And maybe we were like Israel. We were unaware it was happening under our nose the whole time. But today, we come to worship, to receive the new life of God through Christ our Savior. We invite you to come and receive the inflation of new life through the body and blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrected Spirit of Christ.